Welcome to Equipping the Body. I'm Dr. Brad Starnes, and today we're going to continue through a little Sunday night series I've been doing at Cedar Shoals, where I'm the senior pastor, uh, entitled, How Great is Our God? Assessing the Attributes of the Almighty. You know, we live in a time where even people that go to church and claim to be Christians do not really know the God of Scripture. I came to that conclusion by being a pastor and talking with people, and they would say, you know, I thank God this, or I thank God, and I was like, what are y'all talking about? Because the stuff they were saying was not only unfounded in Scripture, but in many cases contradicted Scripture. That's when I begin to go through this series. Now, about the attributes of the Almighty. So, as we continue our assessment of the attributes of the Almighty, we've now come to the next non-moral attributes from our list. Now, I want to do the best I can to cover these in depth as much as our finite minds can handle. One of the questions that I ask my daughter in their catechism is this, how long has God existed? To which they respond, he has always been. That is, God is eternal. There was never a time when God was not, and there will never be a time when God will not be. He is eternal, and therefore by default, immortal. Like unto that, we will also go over the immutability of God. That is, that he does not change. So the two attributes we're going to assess today is the eternality of God and the immutability of God. He does not change. Now that's important because in our society, uh, many so-called Christians, not the real ones, but the ones who profess to be, uh, have state God has changed his mind on these social issues or these moral issues. For example, Several years ago, my wife and I were in Charleston, South Carolina. We were walking down the street, and we passed a mainline denomination church, and it had a big LGBT flag and some other, uh, you know, pro-gay stuff all over it. the church. And it said, God is still evolving. He's changing his mind. Ladies and gentlemen, God has not changed his mind on sexual morality one iota. God has not changed his mind on anything because to change would indicate that, that one was not perfect to start with. Because you don't have to change something that's already perfect. And since God is perfect, he doesn't need to change. God hasn't changed anything. What was wrong a thousand years ago was wrong today. What was right a thousand years ago is right today. God is eternal and immutable. I want to sum it up for you this way. God has always been and he will always be what he is. See, I put his eternality and his immutability into this one little phrase. God has always been eternal and he will always be what he is, immutable. Let's pray together. Lord, we ask you, give ear to our prayers, and by your gracious visitation, lighten the darkness of our hearts by our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, first of all, we want to deal with the eternality of God, that God is eternal. So let's look at our definition. Here it is. God's existence is eternal. Simply put, God has always been. There was never a time in which God did not already exist. In fact, God existed before time was constructed. 
So God exists outside of time and space. Also, God will never not exist. He is permanent. So when you consider these things, we would just say God is eternal. God is eternal. So there's our definition, but what about our defense? Because we don't want to do what so many others do and that say, well, I think God or God is like or God might. No, 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 because what we think doesn't matter. We need to get our source from God himself. What does God say God is like? We need to get our information firsthand. And so we go to the scripture. Isaiah 57, 15 says this. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. However, I want to focus on this one little phrase, who inhabits eternity, to inhabit, to dwell, to live, to exist in eternity. That is marvelous. We think back as far as we can think, God was there. We go back to the beginning. You've heard me quote this passage in this series, and it won't be the last time. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God. Not in the beginning came God, because God was already there. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. Before the beginning is what is insinuated there. There was already God can't go to a time when God was not because there was God before there was time. He lives. He dwells. He exists. He inhabits eternity. What a marvelous statement. I'm going to blow your mind a little bit more. God doesn't already, excuse me, God doesn't simply know the future. He's already there. Pastor, the future hasn't happened yet. From the human perspective of time, you'd be correct. But from the eternal perspective of God, he's already there. Watch this. I'm getting deep here. We're getting philosophical, okay? God was in the future yesterday. Now, Pastor, you're just speaking nonsense. No, I'm trying to show you the point that God exists outside of time and space. He's not constrained by the clock. He inhabits eternity. You say, well, that's just one scripture. No, you'd be incorrect. Deuteronomy 33, 27. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms the eternal God everlasting arms of course speaking of his strength so in other words God not only exists in eternity but he is undiminished by time and this kind of 
offers us a leeway, a leeway into our discussion of his immutability, that he does not change. God is not diminished by time because God is not constrained by time. He is eternal. He is immortal. He is God, the eternal God. Now, you say, well, pastor, you know, that's Old Testament. And I love when people do that. And and, and I've just had so many people do that through the years. You, you have a discussion about the Well, that's the Old Testament. Okay, the Old Testament's the Bible, dude. I mean, you know, let's not go all Andy Stanley on everything and say we need to unhitch from the Old Testament. The Old Testament is inspired of God. In fact, when Paul wrote 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired of God, he wasn't referring to the New Testament because the New Testament hadn't been written yet. He was referring to the Old Testament. When Jesus said, search the scriptures, he was referring to the Old Testament. When Jesus, when in fact, on the road to Emmaus, the Bible says that Jesus started at Moses and the prophets and explained himself or exposited himself to those people, to those two uh, disciples. Well, what was he using? The book of James? No, the book of James hadn't been written yet. He was using the Old Testament. So anyways, people say, well, those are Old Testament examples. Well, let me give you a New Testament example. Romans 1.20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, watch this, comma, even his eternal power. What about that? You see, because God is eternal, and because God is all-powerful, God's power is eternal. Because the only way to have eternal power is to be eternal yourself. God is eternal, and so is His power. And that come, and I know this isn't you know what you'd call a sermon. I'm not giving you applications necessarily, but I do have an application from this. The things that God was able to do in the past, He is able to do now. And that's a marvelous truth. God was here before the world began, Genesis 1-1 and John 1-1-2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God. So God was here before the world. Watch this, though. God will be here after the world is gone. That's the part that really catches my attention. That God is eternal. He was here before the world. He is not swayed by the things of the world. He is not bothered in the way that you and I are bothered. 1 John 2.17. Let me read it to you just real quickly before we move on. 1 John 2.17 says this. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Why? Because God abides forever. So God was here before the world began. He'll be here after the world is gone. So we have the eternality of God. But not only the eternality of God, secondly, I want to speak to you about the immutability of God. Immutable. God is immutable. That means that he does not change, neither in his character, his desires, or his nature. 
Furthermore, this is the essence of his perfection. You see, if you believe that God changes, you by default, even though you may not be intellectually uh, deep enough to grasp it, you by default deny his perfection. Because things that are perfect do not need to change. You change for improvement. Okay? You change things to make them better. Or at least that's the intention. But if God's already perfect, and he is, there's no need for change. He's immutable. And his perfection is wrapped up in his immutability. He's immutable. He's immutable. He doesn't change. Let me give you some scripture. Hebrews 1.12 says, Like a cloak you will fold them up and they will be changed, but you are the same. He's the same. You say, Pastor, you, you mean the God that despised sexual deviancy so bad that he literally hurled fiery salt rocks at a city and burned it to the ground? Still feels that way? Absolutely. In fact, the Bible says when he returns, he's going to essentially do the same thing and pour out his wrath on all sin and all who refuse to repent. The only difference now is we live in the age of grace, in the church age, when Jesus, the met, the gospel has been put forth to, say, to, to offer men a salvation, men, women, boys, and girls, the salvation from sin and from its consequences. But God hadn't changed. You say, Pastor, you mean the same God who said, you shall have no other gods before me. He still feels that way. He absolutely still feels that way. God is immutable. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just look at that first phrase. Jesus Christ is the same. And then add, Yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus doesn't change. Why? Because Jesus is God. Jesus is perfect. You say, Pastor, you're not one of those guys that, that really believes that this carpenter from Galilee was actually perfect God in flesh. Yes, I really believe that. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what the early church stood upon. Jesus is God, Jesus is perfect, therefore immutable, doesn't change. Malachi 3.6, for I am the Lord, comma, I do not change. God has not changed his mind on morality or anything. God is immutable. And so I'm going to stop right there and we'll look at the rest of them as we go on throughout this series, but I just want you to realize that God is eternal. He's always been, always will be, and he is immutable. He never, ever, ever will change because he's perfect, and when you're perfect, you don't have to change. Ponder those things. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, mercifully look upon our infirmities and in all our dangers and necessities, stretch forth your right hand to help and defend us. Through Christ our Lord, amen.